Good evening, London. Merry Christmas. Tonight is Christmas Eve. We are doing this podcast in the dark, and it always feels really good for some reason to closing all your senses. So tonight we have a a special guest with us, and he is his name is Tyler, and he's my fiance also. Welcome, Tyler, on the podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me this evening. I've got to say, this sensation in the dark feels very alive and juicy. To just tune into the voice.、Mm. So, Tyler, you were sharing with me earlier about a Christmas. It's a special. It's a special time of the year. Yeah, so Christmas is like this really interesting time of year where we kind of turn into little kids again, and we get our hopes up for this big magical day, like we're six, and it never seems to really live up to our expectations. But not just that, but Christmas time. If you step into the quantum field, our photons are all entangled with our memories of the past, and for for many people, Christmas time can be quite can be quite challenging, right? You know, you start to think about the memories past when you were with family members. You have memories with them, and you realize that they may not be here anymore, or things have changed in your life, and it's just not quite the same. And so, what comes up is this idea that around Christmas time, we tend to regress a bit back into our old characters, and our old selves start to come out and wanting and want to play. Yeah, we were talking a bit about on this on the train earlier, and the old characters come up and they want to play, and the old characters they want to kind of reclaim dominion over your space, like this is who I am. And you know, Christmas—it's just a good time to actually pause and reflect. We get so wrapped up in the consumerism, and everyone's running around, buy, 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 drinking loads of alcohol, doing everything but pausing and reflecting. Well, that's a really interesting topic you mentioned earlier. Thank you for sharing with us. I have to say, you got a really good voice. Thank you. <laughs> So last few days, me and Tyler has been separate from each other and doing a reflecting within ourselves to look at what actually happened for ourselves in two thousand nineteen. It's kind of like you reach into this tense, which is end of the year. You looking back, says, "Okay, let's see what happened in two thousand nineteen and what I wanted to create in two thousand twenty." So you really write about this, is that. Christmas has become、uh, very commercialized in some ways. That before it just used to be a family time together and gathering, and now we have Boxing Days, have Christmas sales and gift, and it's kind of like becoming like this. It's actually being, in some ways, you know, changed by the commercial world that we're not no longer actually spending that time. Just to reflect within ourselves, which is like the most important thing, because it's twelve months gone past, 
What have you done? Achieved? Loved? Everything in this year. Without reflection, sometimes we're taking everything for granted. We're actually taking in for granted how much we have achieved in the last twelve months. What do you think? I think you're spot on with that. And you know, if you look at yourself versus yesterday, not much probably has really changed, right? So it's really good to look over a whole year, and keeping a journal is really good for that. To actually look back, you know, when we were separate, I spent some time looking through my journal back from January of this year, and even just the voice in which I talked to myself has changed so radically. My voice back then was a bit more erratic; it was a bit more all over the place. I noticed one day to the next, my energy would be. Really high, really low, really pumping myself up, really hard on myself, and now I have a lot more stability and self-awareness. And without the journal, I wouldn't have really noticed this. That's really, really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. So, there's something actually.、Um, can you share with us one biggest insight have you discovered in this self-reflection period? Hmm. So. Every year before the end of the year, I think of two to three words that I want to embody the next year. So last year, in two thousand eighteen, at the end of the year, one of my words for two thousand nineteen was empowerment, and I really think I nailed it this year with empowerment. Back in January, I was working for a job that didn't honor me for my pay. They didn't honor me for my time. I was still groveling from a past relationship. I was still like in this really un- disempowered space. And in my journey through the year, reading through my journal, I've really come into my own power, from being in that space of not feeling worthy, to actually now being fully in my power. And like in a second, wouldn't even consider that job, and in a second, wouldn't even look at that relationship the way that I did. And yeah, that was my biggest that that would be my biggest growth point was like stepping into my power and fully feeling comfortable with myself. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing with us. It sounds like you had a really powerful two thousand nineteen, and congratulations on your engagement with me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we we actually only met a few months ago, and we got engaged already. So two thousand nineteen was a really big year for big for both of us. So one thing what I actually discovered in my own self reflection was that how much I was making myself wrong for being myself. So I started reading through my journal. One thing really really stand out was that I would write something like, "I'm not happy in this relationship." And talk about my previous relationship. I don't feel very good here. Or I write something like, "Um." I'm gonna give another six months. If this person change, we'll be together. If not, I need to let it go. So I started to see lots of patterns like this. Or I would have some people I know. I would write certain things how I felt about that person. It's nothing wrong with that person itself. It's just about how I felt. Maybe this person could be trying to control me, or they behaving certain ways that is not aligned with myself. And I spent lots of energy and times. And writing and complaining about people, relationship things. Even with my previous business, I was like, I don't want to be in this business anymore. 
but I spend lots of time and energy grabbing onto this rather than letting it go and making myself wrong for being me. Really, the lessons here for me on this self reflection is I am my own individual. Yes, we are all connected in the consciousness and soul level. This is my perspective. But we are also our individual. We have our own preference in things. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's okay to be myself. And trusting my own feelings. Because something actually really funny come out of that was, for example, I actually wrote about how I feel about my ex, that I didn't feel safe to marry that person, have a baby with him. I feel he would cheat on me. And, and now... I, and it turns out to be true. So some of my own observations or feeling with someone, some things, actually turns out to be true. And I guess for me, the lessons is really about trusting ourselves. So if you're listening here tonight, I would ask you to look into your life and tap into your own body. Is there anything in your life you have to let it go? Is there any people in your life you have to let it go? And the only reason I was grabbing onto this for years is because I didn't have this word called trust. And when we don't have this word trust, what we tend to do is we don't believe something better will come out. I wouldn't have known by moving away from this toxic relationship. I would met someone so fast, wanted to be engaged and married. Because for my old self, that didn't make sense, right? Mm. So I think it's really about letting go of things, people no longer resonating with you. And there's no right or wrong in that. It's just what you want. That's really beautiful and quite powerful. With the topic of trust, learning to trust in yourself is really, really important. And what came up when you said, ask yourself, what, what or who do you need to let go of? It's always the one that you know that you then convince yourself you don't need to, right? So when you know, you, you know who you need to let go of in your life and you know you need to, you know what you need to stop doing, but it's that, that ego mind that comes in after you have that knowing that then tries to justify or explain or reason why that person should still be in your life or why you should still have that job. Yeah, so that's what comes up. And for me, a big one, one, a big one for me this year was my job. You know, I knew it wasn't good for me. I knew I was being taken advantage of. I knew all of the reasons in my heart why it wasn't right. And I would have this knowingness. But then, three seconds later, what kicks in is that rational mind, the ego mind that has the, yeah, but, yeah, but, I know I should leave them, but this, X, Y, Z. And those are the reasons that is the ego mind that goes against your own level of trust, right? It's about trusting in your higher self and in the universe and understanding that the universe always does have your back. 
That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing with us, Tyler. And these two words I just discovered, I think they're really good two words for you to identify what you need to let it go, really, is that you say something and you say the word but. You say something, you say the word because. Mm. If you really truly love this person, you don't have to say, I love this person because of X, Y, Z. Or you say, I won't leave this relationship, but we have um, a holiday booked in. <laughs> so this word but and because there always something magical come out of this, right? Yes, and that's a, that's a very juicy space. And giving yourself the space to see that is essential. We were just talking about this a moment ago. And giving yourself space allows you to actually see what's going on, which is the opposite of what we do around Christmas time. You know, biologically, this is the shortest day of the year on the 23rd. And all the animals are hibernating. They're taking it easy. They're resting. And we as humans, we've decided that two days before Christmas is the time to run around like crazy and do everything we can imaginable to not sit in stillness. But in the stillness is the magic. That's when you really start to be able to separate the ego mind and the ego voice between your heart's knowing because they are two very, very different voices. Sometimes they're in line and that's when everything's on fire and your life is amazing. But then when they're, they're very, very conflicting, that's when you want to look at that space and see what's going on there. That's really powerful, Tyler, what you just shared. And I think, why do you think that people are, are not sitting in the stillness? You know, there's plenty of space sometimes to do that. But why do you think people are not doing that? <laughs> because when you sit in the stillness, you see what you already know. And people don't want to see what they know. And I'm not saying I'm above that. I'm totally guilty of that. We, that's the thing. We already know the answer. We already know the truth. We just avoid it at all costs, right? If you know that relationship is bad for you, you already know that. You already know that's the truth, but you're going to do everything in your power to avoid seeing that truth because by embodying that truth, that means you end the relationship. When you end that relationship, that's when you take the step out of your comfort zone because the relationship might not be abusive and it might not be terrible, but it might just be complacent and boring and so much less than you deserve. And so it feels comfortable. And so by avoiding the truth, by just saying, yeah, but it's a good relationship because X, Y, Z, you allow yourself to stay in your comfort zone and not actually step out there and go, well, what am I worth achieving? Who am I worthy of attracting into my life? And that was the exact space that I was in when I met you. I was in four months of stillness every day, just doing breath work. And I took a pledge of celibacy. So I, I literally spent all of my energy inward for four months. And when I came out the other side, I felt so powerful. I realized that I was worth so much more than that relationship that I was still hung up on. I was worth so much more than chasing random girls. I was so much more powerful than that. And it was painful. I'm not going to lie. It was brutally painful. Many, many mornings feeling that loneliness, feeling that space of, wow, 
I'm really sitting with nobody but myself here. And that can be really fucking scary to sit with yourself, man. I tell you what, because sitting with yourself, you're like, wow. All your little stories start to come up and you just notice them. But not to not to delineate too far, but yeah, to come back to the point, you start to realize what you're capable of when you actually give yourself space. And when you realize that, then you have to take action. No longer can you, it's like you can't un, you can't hide away from the truth again once you know it and once it comes out. So that's why I think many people, they do everything they can to avoid looking at the, the truth. Yeah, I think you, you shared very beautifully and thank you for sharing your story as well. Um, another thing I'm thinking is in the space is actually we are really afraid of confronting ourselves mm. because for some people if they confronting themselves says you know what i'm actually in a really toxic emotional abusive relationship when they confronting this there's some kind of guilt and shame around that too mm. especially in an abusive relationship i think there's lots of shame around that and it's almost like who am i why am i attracting this kind of abusive relationship if i'm actually being emotionally abused if i said i am emotionally abused by my boyfriend what that make of me i think that's what actually also keep people trapped trapped in that space i think you're spot on with that and to add to that there's a level of identity that we carry with these relationships that this is my story you know, I attract these people in my life and this is the reason why my life is like this. And when you start to strip away those excuses, you're left with nobody but yourself. And that can be a really frightening place to be in. But it's kind of cool too. You get to this point where you look at yourself and you go, okay, with full ownership, I realized that I drove myself here but in knowing that, I realize that I can drive myself anywhere. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful. And it's like you're always the driver in your own car. So another topic I actually wanted to bring in is, you know, this is a Christmas time and it's a family time. And sometimes what happens is in this kind of space, if you're single, especially for the ladies out there who are in their later 20s, 30s, you know, we have this kind of pressure sometimes from the family member society that we need to be in a relationship. And we go to the family, they'll be like, oh, why are you still single? It's kind of like a separations. So shall we talk about that? Yeah, why are there many singles, ladies out there who actually wanted to have relationships, especially we talk about female entrepreneurs and high achievers. What do you think is actually happening in this space? They really want to have a relationship, but somehow they just can't meet that person. What do you see as a man? I think that's a very, very, very loaded question with many different angles on how to approach that. I mean, one thing comes up is where your attention goes, your energy flows. And if you're really, truly hardcore committed to your career, how much energy are you really putting into having this relationship? How much energy are you really putting into attracting this partner? 
Of course, there's many broad strokes in this and what I'm sharing. So I'm not saying that that's the case for everyone, but that's something that comes up is, you know, we say we want these things, but how hard are we really working for them? How, how much energy are we really putting into that? Another thing that comes up is this idea that your relationship must meet a certain standard and you're not going to lower your standard until that person you meet that person and that's great that's great to hold yourself at such a high standard and have a, a lot of value for yourself really respect and admire that but there's also a level that of realism too in this space which you may totally disagree with me on that and what else can I um, ask you a question on that? What yeah. you said was very interesting about not lowering the standard. But we also see another patterns, right, among people we know that is these women, they clearly wanted to have a relationship. They've been dating different men. They would say, I really, really want to have an unconditional love and beautiful relationship with a man. They build a family. But the same times, they start dating the guy who are unavailable for themselves. Mm. And what do you see? that is actually happening oh man so on the unconditional love bit we tend to attract the vibration that we emanate so if we say we want unconditional love but yet we don't have a full unconditional love for ourselves it's almost like we're putting out there that we want somebody to love us for who we are to validate ourselves before then we can then love ourselves. Does that make sense? And that's what comes up in this space. Yeah, and on the topic of emotionally unavailable men, again, when you, you mirror whoever you encounter in your life, whether it be the sales clerk, to your boss, to your children, to your dog, Everything energetically is a mirror. So your intimate partner is your biggest mirror. And if you're mirroring somebody who's emotionally unavailable, then the question or the, the inquiry then would be then to look at yourself and your own self-expression of intimacy and your own connection with intimacy, which of course you can trace all the way back to the love, the love blueprint you got from your parents. How did your parents express love and show intimacy? Did, were you held a lot as a child? Did you hold your parents' hands? Did you kiss your parents? Did you, were you hugged by your parents? How was love expressed in the family? And how does that show up in your life today is one piece. And another piece would be in the workspace if you're a high-achieving woman and you're in this masculine patriarchal world and you're out there all day fighting with men like gladiators in business unless you have a very sharp awareness and you switch your energy into a feminine energy what i pick up is you're going to be in a space of attracting another man who's very masculine and you're going to almost like compete with each other and there's no space to actually open into the heart I think it's a both, right? You can um, attract a really masculine man and then it's like a really toxic masculine type of relationships like two people compete mm. and no one is really that holding the space. Or 
you can attract a really feminine man. You cannot feel really pissed off with this person because, you know, what this person want could be a really masculine, healthy masculine man, but end up attracting a man who's really feminine. Is is a both, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're 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 spot on with that. And that second part with the feminine man, it's it's everything in life is polarity. And if there's a strong masculine presence, there's going to be a, a feminine presence as well to create balance and order. Or there'll be lots of fighting, which is the two masculine energies going at it with each other. So you, these feminine men come into the space with these high-achieving women. But it's also, in a sense, if you look at the mirror and the lesson there, these feminine men aren't just worthless and useless in the space, but they can actually provide a gift to show women that there is magic in life and there is creativity and there is intuition and there is flow and there is art. And it's almost like those men can show this to the women if they should choose to open their heart and receive that lesson. And then they themselves could be more complete and more whole. I actually did, did a really intense podcast on this with another friend who's a relationship coach. We went really into this dynamic of the high achieving woman and we call him Peter Pan. Peter Pan is that feminine man who just lives in Neverland and a space of pure fantasy. That's really beautiful and our time is near up now so we're gonna ask one more question here and we're gonna keep it short. So from a man's perspective, your, your perspective Tyler, what does a feminine energy woman feels like? Mm. She feels like the reason and the purpose to fight in the war as a man. She feels like all the purpose and the love and the nurturing care that makes everything worthwhile in life. That's beautiful. How would you describe her characters or personality? So we're here to give our friends and listeners some idea what actually a feminine energy woman feels like and described in personalities from a, a man's conscious man perspective she feels soft and open communicative and collaborative she feels encouraging but also challenging it's not just the mother who says yes you're amazing but she, she has a balance and she understands when to be soft and when to hold her man and when she can be tough and kick his ass and really challenge him. We as men, we don't just want women to be like our mothers and tell us we're amazing even when we fail and we didn't do a very good job. We want women that challenge us and when we bring home the prize, they are thankful, but then they challenge us for more. They're like, that's it. Like, get out there and fight. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean... You sound sorry turned on, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uh, God. You, you actually, yeah, great. Awesome. Uh, the, our time is up tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting my mind envision things. <laughs> All <I'm>, right. <laughs> great. We're going to off for our beautiful Christmas uh, evening together now. And thank you for listening. See you guys tomorrow. Send you lots of love. Thank you for being here with us, Tyler. Thank you for having me. I feel like we could talk for hours. <laughs>